What does it mean to be a vulnerable Christian man? Walking through life weak and powerless is not what Jesus had in mind for us. It's time to fight. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We are OB, Sean, Brandon, and Shane, and this is The Uncomfortable Hello and welcome Truth. back to The Uncomfortable Truth. It is not uncomfortable that it is July, and I have a Christmas mug here <laughs> that my, my boy is right here making fun of me for. We are. Uh, the last time I had this, we did talk about it. I said I like the ergonomic handle, and Brandon was really impressed that I knew that yeah, word. I thought he looked it up before he came to the podcast, so yeah. I could use it. But then I know, I know he didn't. No, I didn't. No, it was just something. Um... Many years ago, do you guys remember Blockbuster? Yeah, I sure. do. How many did y'all did you go to Blockbuster very much? Uh, we tore it up, son. Me too. Yeah. Did okay. Before Netflix and at the end of Blockbuster, they had this you could pay a membership fee and go in and exchange as many movies as you wanted to. They were trying to stay relevant. It was like thirty bucks a month. Mm-hmm. And literally you could go in and change out one it was either two movies at a time. You take two back and get I watched so many movies. I, re- that I, re- I remember that. And I also remember the late fees. Like oh, if you didn't, buddy. Uh, yeah. That hit me. You'd walk Man. in there and you'd owe like $28, you know. And whenever you were like 18 years old, that was a big deal. Yeah. And mama wasn't happy about that. Mama wasn't happy. <laughs> what was the worst? Like, you know, you had to make that decision if you had like a $40 late fee. It was like, I'm just going to put this thing in the slot outside and I'm going to get a new membership later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, one day I walked into Blockbuster and I had my wife's Blockbuster card and it just has your names on there. No pictures, no nothing, whatever. So my wife's name's Courtney and I got my movie. I walk up to the counter and I put my movie on the counter and I throw my card down. Uh, and uh, the guy says, oh, cool. Your name's Courtney. And I was like, no, <laughs> what dude's name is Courtney. I'm just, that's my wife's card. He's like real slow, methodical. Like he just takes his finger <laughs> and eventually makes it to his nameplate. Oh no. <laughs> his name was Courtney. His name was Courtney. His name was Courtney. <laughs> that was uncomfortable. Yeah. What, my a, roommate j- in what college, a jerk. My roommate in college was Kelly Courtney. Okay. okay. Yep. So I used to always uh, joke with him about how, had two female names. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever punch you in the face? No, no. He was a lot smaller than me. Okay. <laughs> he might have wanted that, he, to. Yeah. He might have put fire ants he, in your bed. He might have. He might have. Um, I had a lot of food go missing, maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he got back at you. The little guys, yeah. you got to watch them. They're sneaky. I yeah. saw the other day on uh, where Blockbuster, somebody bought an old Blockbuster uh, like uh, movie Store. Uh-huh. I think there's and only one left. Yeah, they turned it into an Airbnb. Really? Yes. You can go in there and, like, uh, evidently there was still a lot of movies in there. You could go in there and, uh, like, rent, watch movies, and they got beds where you stay the night. What and popcorn. an idea. That's cool. Uh, I, thought I would do now, that. Now, listen, let's just think about this. If you're 20 years or younger, unless you've read it on the Internet, you don't have a clue what Blockbuster is. No, I was going to ask you what year that was because that was since you. I haven't. Man. I haven't done the blockbuster thing since I've been married. You've been married how many years? And I've been. Yeah, I'm how long have you been? Seven, seventeen, almost eighteen years. So it must have been right when you got. It was married. almost. Yeah, I was. I was thinking it was yeah. close to twenty years ago. It kind of. When we first got married, I had gas money for to get to town to go to Blockbuster. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's. Crazy. You remember how broke you were when you first got oh married? My Holy gosh. moly! Yeah. 
Just living on love. That's a real thing. That is thing. One thousand percent. You better believe it. My yeah. wife didn't marry me for money. <laughs> I <laughs> promise you, son. You didn't Mine go. Either. You you got done with work and you came home. Yes. <laughs> we didn't go out to eat. We barely had groceries in the Dagum house. Shane. Right. So I lived almost not officially with Shane and Courtney for a couple of times in my life, even though they're younger, they were married before me. And they lived in an efficiency apartment, essentially, on a college campus. And then their first home is tiny. Tiny is not the word. <laughs> the second bedroom, you could maybe fit like a crib. <laughs> wow. And I remember staying there. But, you know, at that age, you are you don't think of it as tiny. You think of it, this is our first place. That's right. right. It was awesome. It was awesome. That's exactly yeah. right. So It probably didn't get below about 79 degrees in that house. No, no. We could probably do a whole episode on how did we know our wives loved us without telling us they loved us. My wife fell in love with me, and I came to her the first time she ever saw me. I was in wind pants and a collared shirt tucked in because that's what that's what coaches wore yeah. a lot of times. Did she make fun of you? Oh, yeah, still okay. to this day. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was like, man, I must have been doing something really well to overcome that outfit. Man, <laughs> yeah. I just remember looking at your face every day and wondering, like, how how this guy's going to get married. <laughs> Little brother over there poking yeah. at you. I'm, I'm thinking, I think it's important that everybody knows it. So, us three and Obi, who's not here, so we can talk bad about him. Oh, we're we all are. On, on, on. No, wait, wait. I got to take his side on Little Brother, you do. right? We're all on a text message thread, like many of you probably are. And Obi's out of town right now, vacationing. Sean has been made to come back home and work while the rest of the family's vacationing. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot of smack so talking. So Obi there. can hang out on the beach. Yeah, so Obi can hang out on the beach. So there was a ton of smack talking Listen, going on. Somebody's got to sell some insurance so, know, that, so that I the know. other guy can relax. That, okay. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. You're gotta, welcome, Obi. Yeah, You're welcome. Somebody's got a sacrifice that needs to be the older that's right. brother. That's exactly Because we right. sacrificed our entire lives living with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever I told <laughs> yeah. him to, whenever I told him yesterday just to say thank you, I think I think that's when he got mad. <laughs> Respect your elder son. <laughs> Obi, I'm doing my part to hold it down, man, but there's a, there's a lot of poop I'm waiting around in here. <laughs> oh man. Good stuff. That's awesome. All right, I'm gonna open this up in prayer and all we're right. just gonna kinda uh talk we we're all coming off the heels of uh slight or vacations somewhat and just kind of recharging, and so we're going to talk about that and how that relates to our relationship with the Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come in here and just uh, just to be in your presence, Lord, and to uh, honor and glorify you. Lord, I pray that we do that in everything we do. I pray that we're a light to you in everything we do. I pray that we're the Jesus that people, sees in our, people see uh, in their life. Lord, I just pray that uh, we honor you with our show today, Lord, and that uh, everything that we do uh, points people towards you. Amen. 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 So I know Brandon and I, we got back. We go on a uh, family camping trip to a lake called Lake Greeson in Arkansas, which is like, it's just amazing. And we started talking about while we were there, how long this family tradition has been going on. And this started, so we thought our family had a long-running tradition of going to the lake. My, you got to connect some dots, yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. our dad has been going to this lake. Same, same lake. Same lake. Same, lake. same spot. Wow. Um, same campgrounds. 
for 40, 45 years. Mm-hmm. No, dad's 60-something. Yeah, but I don't think they started right when he was a kid. Okay. I think, but, well, go ahead. And then we go back and we start talking to my, my grandma's there. My mom's mom is at the lake. So mm-hmm. when we go, there's anywhere from 15 to f- at times 50 of our family have been there at the same time. Some so, come in and out. Some stay the whole time. But right, uh, it's a it's a big gathering. Um, so then we talked to my grandma, my mom's mom, and they brought my mom when they were probably eight to ten years old. So that's so there. That's fifty years. Wow. And then we start talking to my mother in law, and they came to that lake when she was like four, and she's seventy. <laughs> So she's 75, maybe 70, 65, 66 years ago. Cl- she may be 71 or 72. So like 67, 68 years ago. The coolest thing about all of this is that, you know, they were likely, they didn't know each other obviously then, mm-hmm. but they were likely there at some point, at some point at the same time. Now they did stay at different coves sometimes, but it's the same part of the lake for almost 70 years. Isn't that crazy? That's a, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's really cool, though, how it's stuck. Yes. You know? And it really, this is this whole thing about aging and recognizing the importance of legacy. Doing, and Yeah. Because yeah. like, that's the first time I probably remember that really. I mean, I'm 41, so we've been doing this forever. It's the first time I really remember thinking this is so impactful. So all of our kids are there. We've got cousins and great nieces and nephews for all sides of the family there and just the impact that will have on our kids you know vacations are great but it's really what's the intention of the vacation sure you know are you spending time with family are you slowing down enough to recharge Um, and that's so when you're on vacation, do y'all have to tell, like, your kids, hey, put your phone down? Like, spend time, you know, we're, we're trying to be present here. Um, How did we? Have, you, have y'all had to struggle with that at all? Okay, you say phone or electronics because. Sure. Well, iPads. Same yeah. thing, yeah. Sure. Uh, yes and no. Um, we do we do allow them to take, I think Miller, my oldest, is the only one who actually has a cell phone, but every one of our kids has a device. They can take those devices, but there are, I don't, did y'all set guidelines before we went to the lake on like how? Listen, parenting is a constant juggling act. So anybody tells you that they do it exactly right, they're either militant or they're lying. So you normally get (laughs) to a Probably the second. Yeah, you get to the, you normally get to a place and you and your wife visit and it becomes an issue and you go, we need to come up with a plan for this. Yeah. Yeah. So for us, typically in the summer, it's been, you have to read for at least 30 minutes to get 30 minutes of phone time during the day. Mm. That is That's phone good. time, like, like that. a device. Device time. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't let them sit around and watch a movie if the cousins are over, stuff like that. Yeah, a family movie That's is not way. considered device 100%. time in our house. Right. If you're doing something sure. together. Sure. Here's the beauty of it, though. At the lake, this is one of the reasons I love this vacation, is we we pretty much say this is not an option after 30 minutes is over, and they go outside and they play. And th- at this place, we're not worried about where they go, pretty much. Like, they can roam or they can hop in the lake for the most part and there's always eyes on them or we'll be out boating so it's an it's an easy vacation to not have to deal with that sure as much as if we were just sitting somewhere 
Also, there's so only only my oldest has an actual cell phone. The cell phone service is not that great, anyways. We do not have internet. That's good. While we're there, you can't. It, not even not enough internet to hook a hotspot up and watch it on TV sure. or mm-hmm. for the kids to connect. And how long were y'all there? We were there ten days. Mom and Dad were there with all of our kids for two weeks. Yep. So. Hmm. They, Same time every year. Uh, we try to go around mid July to yeah. June to July. July. Yeah. So so the options, it's a lot easier to police this than when we're at home because the options are really limited. The kids will get, they'll get in the cabin and, and if they are watching an an iPad or something, they're or playing a game. They're usually doing it with one of their cousins or they're outside playing with their cousins. So it, it didn't feel like a constant battle. It wasn't. Now when we're home, it is, it's a constant battle. But it's a, so to the vacation point. And I'm just speaking for me now. When I vacationed before I became an entrepreneur and controlled more of my schedule, which is a whole other conversation. Vacation was always stressful to me because I was always having to get back to what I considered work, which mean there's always work to be done. I'm not saying that, but I didn't enjoy them as much as I do now because. I can literally just say, hey, the Monday I get back, I'm not putting anything on the calendar for that day. So I can recoup mentally for work to get ready for the, you know, sure. being back. But there's something about, for us, for me, Leah always asks me, she goes, you know, I can be a little crotchety. Let me just call it like it is. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress daily. She's like, what is your ideal vacation? I mean, she asks me that all the time. And it all goes back to the root challenge that the devil has attacked me my entire adult life, and it's one that I can control. (laughs) So if I want to work a couple hours early in the morning, I can. If I want to go get a workout in, if I want to go play golf, if I want to spend the whole day on the lake, you know, it's it's about me. That sounds selfish, but I'm just (laughs) saying it like it is. I think think you're just being honest. That's the way we all feel, right? Yeah, I'm being fully (laughs) trained. But I think some people are better at, like Obi, okay, Obi, to me, from my perspective, most of the time, mm-hmm. is pretty content being a servant on vacation in some regards. Yeah, I th- we've had these specific yeah, discussions sure. about when Obi goes to the beach, he knows that's that's a working vacation for part him. Of, yeah, it's part of what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. And you're, you're carry gonna, tents. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and I I got a long ways to go. Prepare food. To get to, get to there. Sure. You know, sure. So I think, Shane, you know, the, the background and backbone of, vacation and recharging is I know for me when I was sitting still and I'm looking at God's creation and and one of the most beautiful places to me in my life it is not hard to get in his presence yeah and that's recharging as opposed to being busy hustle and bustle always having something to need to be done here I I don't want to confuse like I I don't want to confuse an issue of entitlement mm. to recharging. Like we don't deserve to get to do nothing or whatever we want when we want. Right. I think uh, that's even a great on vacation. Point. Sure. Great point. I think I feel that way sometimes. Like you're talking about on vacation. It's like I'm I'm gonna do what I want. Hey, if I want to take a nap, you leave you leave me alone. Do do not wake me up. Or if I want to sit in the chair outside and do not you know. We don't deserve that. And it's, it's different than, like, actual recharging is different than 
completely different than the entitlement of feeling like you need a moment for yourself to recharge. Yeah, I'll take that a step further. So entitlement to me is I'm going to just do nothing because I'm in my brain because I just want to be a lazy bum for as long as I want to be. I've worked hard to get to this vacation mm-hmm. to this point. Right. So it kind of, so this is probably another podcast, truthfully, but um, the profession, what we do as a business now, I have conversations about money and mindset all the time. It's part of my everyday conversations. And one of the things that comes up the most often is people are so busy that they have not even been able to create enough time in their schedule to think about what they think about the things that matter to them. Hmm. To think about what they think about. That's exactly right. Uh, one of our, hmm. to ruminate. So literally, if you don't ever slow down enough, so if you're full tilt to your sleep and then you, your feet hit the ground and you're full tilt to your sleep again, when do you think about where God's needing to be in your life? Um, you got a great point. <laughs> I mean, you don't. That's, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, that, that's difficult, especially for people like me. Right. And you and, yeah. I mean, I think um, when it comes to entrepreneurs, period, you know, um, they probably struggle with that more than most people. Yep. So the thing that just came to my mind is let's just take a vehicle for a simple analogy. <clears throat> if we don't slow down enough to take that vehicle to the mechanic to put it up on the lift to get the brake serviced, get the oil changed, make sure all things are kosher, we're going to be eventually driving that thing without any brakes. Okay, and it's going to eventually just fall apart because we've run it into the ground. Same mm-hmm. thing with our, our bodies and our minds. That's funny that you use that analogy because Courtney was supposed to get her rotors uh, <laughs> okay. turned, turned yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Had to cancel the appointment because they're so busy with right. other stuff. Right, right. <laughs> okay, so I tell people all the time now, and I, and I try to be very careful when I say this because I know everybody's at different walks of life. I'm trying to create a life that is pleasing to the Lord, and believe me, I fail daily, that I never want to retire from. Right. Period. Sure. But five years ago, all I could think about was retirement, and I was 35. I know. Why? Because I didn't have any time. Even when I took a vacation, I was what exhausted. What was so alluring about retiring from the I, position that you were in at the in, in, in that moment? Because best way I can articulate it at this moment is there was never a moment where I could feel like I could truly recharge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Even when I went on vacation, I wasn't recharging. I was just putting off what had to be done. That was an inevitable, right, non-ending, yes. perpetual thing. And some of that's mindset and my behavior. I know that now. So I, I feel like that you were probably socially conditioned to believe that hey this is what i'm supposed to do you're right i'm supposed to go get a degree go teach school retire and enjoy my Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that enjoy the uh, seven years you have left yeah yeah. (laughs) assuming you get there four years is your average life expectancy after retirement yeah i always say retirements you can't find retirement in the bible it's nowhere in here it didn't uh it's because we're not supposed to retire you know, um, I feel like our life is ever-evolving whenever it comes to um, spreading the gospel, and we're not supposed to ever stop. Yep. Uh, whenever you retire, 
you become content in doing nothing. And uh, do you think that God is going to bless that? No, but I know who loves that. <laughs> yeah. The good old D-E-V-I-L. That's exactly right. He don't have all to do anything. I don't mind as the devil's playground. That's you know? exactly yeah. right. He don't um, have to do anything at that point. He's just like, yep. okay, uh, they're not doing they, – they checked out. So I'm marking them off my list. I'm yep. going to worry about this other dude yep. or chick. Let, so let's talk practically for just a second. Okay. We're around 40, give or take. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was no two-week vacations, first of all, like consistently. And if it was, I was stressed to the hilts. Okay. So let's <laughs> you just. You're about in your own life. In my right? own life. You weren't able to take. Right. Yeah, we used to plan our vacations around your work, work summer, schedule. summer schedule. Right. Yeah. So I was a middle school principal. But <clears throat> my point to this is practically, I think the thing where I'm trying to get across is if you cannot prioritize slowing down enough to get in the presence of the Lord, it will be an even more uphill battle to do the things I think we're called to do the most, biblically speaking. Sure. And, and so, vacation is a way to do that yeah, if that's we what, do it right. That's, so even if you don't have money to vacation, and I heard this the other day and I loved it, and find a place where you can get in the presence of the Lord yeah. once a week, once a month, and just slow down. It's Stop. essentially easier to do that when you're on a vacation that's not in the vicinity or in the circle of your day-to-day life. That you're accustomed to. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I know there are vacations like you just went on, Disney. That's a busy vacation. Very. You You know that. Are you exhausted? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a constant, it's a rat race. You know, I mean, you're just going from... Ride to ride to ride to ride to park to park to park to park. I mean, in at the end of the day, you just pass out in the bed because you're so wore out, and you're yeah. like, "Gosh, man!" You didn't. You literally walk like ten miles a y- day. Yeah, there, no kidding. <laughs> uh, there was a, a lot of people that were there. We were with a pretty large group, and uh, they were like, "Oh, we we walked eight and a half miles today. Yeah. We walked literally ten miles today. We did that. I mean, you just don't realize it. You're just stepping to death. You know, yeah. going all over the place. And, yeah." Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's more of a working, you know, it's hard to relax in that atmosphere. Yeah. However, um, I always try to be intentional whenever it comes to telling my children, Hey, put your phone up. There's nothing to me that's more disrespectful than whenever you're sitting. One of the places we went and ate was, uh, called the fifties diner. I believe it's, um, in, uh, Epcot, I believe. Or maybe it's in Hollywood Studios. No, it's in Hollywood Studios. And um, at the 50s Diner, uh, where they used to shoot uh, um, the set of the Golden Girls back in the day. And uh, a lot of people might not know who that is, but the Golden <laughs> Girls. Are, whenever I was young, my mom used to watch the Golden Girls. And um, anyway, there at the 50s Diner. <clears throat> it's a 50s primetime cafe. That's is that it. right? That's in it. In Hollywood. Hey, and okay. their, their food is excellent. Okay. And uh, we had to re- reserve that like two weeks before we got there to, to have that spot. As many times as, I mean, I've been to Disney, I think, four or five times. Yeah. Maybe four. I've never been to yeah. the 50, 50s primetime And their primetime food's really cafe. good, and that's okay. why we like it. And, um, you know, like if your elbows are on the table, They'll tell you to get your elbows off the table. I mean, so they, they're taking you back to the fifties. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. And uh, it's it's pretty cool. And the whole atmosphere is nothing but fifties. You yeah. know, uh, everything is really um, old school. They got pay phones in there. You nice. know, 
uh, you know, and my 13 year old was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I was like, yeah, that's how we had to, <laughs> when I was growing up, we had to stop and put a quarter in yeah. if we wanted to call mom yeah. and dad. And, uh, so anyway, whenever we got there, my, my kids, they, uh, pulled out their phones and, um, anyway, I, and I was like, put your phones up. And so because you got your waiter or waitress coming around and, and talking to you, mm-hmm. to me, there's, there's not too many things that's more disrespectful than somebody being on their phone whenever um, the waiter is saying, hey, uh, what can I get you to drink? What would you like to order? And then you're over here staring at your phone. Total disrespect. I mean, that is, that's one of my pet peeves. But that's not how our, thir- that's not how our 10-year-olds to 25-year-olds view that. That's right. Because no. unless they're taught, that's correct. Because or, that's what they see. Exactly. And uh, so, uh, let me get the egg off my face. You know. <laughs> so I, you know, but I, I try to be intentional about recognizing that and yeah. saying, "Hey, look, um, you know, whenever somebody you need, whenever you are engaging or about to engage in conversation with, we need to be intentional mm-hmm. about putting these down and." Um, the other day, my wife and I, were, we were watching our podcast, and I had my phone like this. And my wife was like, why are you on your phone? That is so disrespectful. I said, I promise you, just give give I it a second. L- looking up I something. was looking at a Bible yeah. verse. Uh-huh. Same here. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm doing yeah. right now. Uh, looking at a Bible verse, or I was about to, I, I was presenting that day, you know, and, and I was reading some notes that I had. And yeah. I probably need to get a tablet so it doesn't, yeah. so the viewers don't it think. It doesn't. Yeah, appear as if because it's auto, it's an automatic red flag when people see that. Yeah. So if we were all sitting here and we were having a business meeting, mm-hmm. and you saw me grab my phone and do this, y'all are both going to be like, "I can't believe that guy's on his phone," and we're sitting here working on a big acquisition, right, or yeah, whatever. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And uh, so, the, uh, there's a lot to say about that. It's almost like before you, hey guys, just want to let y'all know all my notes are on my phone here, yeah. and uh, I'm going to be you know, taking notes or looking up, you really need to let people know that ahead of time. But nevertheless, back to the fifties diner, my, uh, my kids were both on their phones and I said, Hey, put your phone up until we get done eating. I I, I don't want to see your phone out again. Mm -hmm. That is just, it's not cool. It's really not cool. I mean, like let's all talk and, you know, and on top of that, you know, we got this guy's going to rip y'all and make you stand in the corner if you I get on your it. phone, yeah, or if you have your elbows on the table. and yeah. So we kind of put the fear of God in them, too. They didn't want to have to stand in the corner or, or do anything. How did they uh, accept that? How did they react to that? Yeah, um, of course, my 13-year-old r- rolled her eyes okay. and was like, what? What? Dad gum, Dad, you know, what the heck? Whatever, Dad. Yeah, uh, and then Lexi was like, okay, you know, no okay. problem, which is the 19-year-old. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's really important whenever it comes to that. And then you can definitely go back to Scripture and say, you know, I mean, you can relate it back to Scripture. And I, I believe in a, <clears throat> in a lot of ways whenever it comes to discipline and being present, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and whether it's with God or whether it's with somebody that you're talking to, you may be sharing the gospel with somebody or you may have an opportunity to share the gospel and then you never even – capitalize or you never recognize that opportunity because you were too attached we to present to whatever that device mm-hmm. was you mm-hmm. know that's good when you see jesus in the bible you see how present he yeah. was with with everybody that he was around and there was times where he said hey i can't be present with you I have to be present with my father that's right but there there were 
the times that he was with people, he was present, and that's that's our ultimate example. So First Timothy six six, and there's a ton of verses about peace, calmness, slowing down. I think the key theme here is that the angst, anxiety, all those things through the Lord, He can help us work through those. But very very simple. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Why that one jumped out at me at all the ones I was looking at is I recognize that a lot more when I slow down. I recognize the the impact and importance of contentment in God. And it it doesn't mean that we can't be pursuing success. It means that we must be more aware of what matters most while we're doing that. And when you can't yeah. slow down, you can't see that. Right. It's like driving that car that hadn't had the rotors turned or the brakes changed or the oil changed. It's going to eventually, our body's going to eventually peter out on us. Contentment and ambition can exist at the same time mm-hmm. with gratitude. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's good. Situational awareness is a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in life period, but I mean, you can take situational awareness whenever it comes to sharing the gospel, whenever it comes to um, being in a dangerous situation, mm. whenever it comes to uh, your marriage. <laughs> you can just stick to words right out of my mouth. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Situational awareness and, and, and us being aware, and, and where does that begin, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like baby steps, you know, and then, um, and then it can, uh, where does it start at? And you can apply it to every aspect of your life and, it's such an important thing, yep. and it's such a biblical thing. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, River uh, Berrios, yep. he was one of the mm-hmm. the guys we had here on the podcast. And if you haven't uh, listened to that, that episode's not in video, but it's a great one. I think it's like season two episode mm-hmm. around 37 or so, so check mm-hmm. that out. It's really good. And uh, River and I, we had breakfast a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about how how different would we act as believers if every person that we saw had either heaven or hell stamped on their forehead? Every person that we saw. And he said, dude, Man. I mean, he, and he, he kind of teared up whenever I said that. He was like, I would just run around and talk to everybody who had hell stamped on their forehead and just tell them about Jesus. Like, I, I think he's doing I would that be, anyways. I would be intentional. <laughs> like he... he yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and, you know, and I was walking around Disney, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people everywhere, yeah. uh, through the Magic Kingdom the day before yesterday. And um, it, I was just imagining, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if if everybody here or half the people here or 75% of the people here had hell stamped on their forehead, what would I say to them right now? Mm. And uh, You think you'd be like Jeremiah? Man, I just don't know if I would be bold enough to to just walk up and say, "Hey, man, um, let me. Can I tell you about Jesus? You know, uh, He loves you. And you know, how do you even walk up to a stranger? And then, oh, by the way, whenever we were at Disney, a third of the people there spoke a different language. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, it made me think it kind of convicted me it didn't yeah. kind of convict it convicted me in a big way and i was yeah. like wow i'm just not even i'm not even bold enough for the lord you know it it kind of hits you you know in the gut and mm-hmm. you're like what do you do 
in this situation? Do you start handing out flyers? I mean, how do you show people? How do you plant that seed? Uh, is it always just with your actions, or is it being bold enough to walk up to that person and say, hey, uh, you know, if they truly did, if I was sitting in this room right now and you guys saw that I had hell stamped on my forehead, you would be like, listen, man, let's just pray for you right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it would make you emotional on a level that, you know, you probably wouldn't be able to comprehend because y'all know me. Yeah. But for all these people you don't know, how do you how do you draw them in? What do you what do you say? What do you do, you know, in that situation and and how um and why why are, are whenever you look at it, you know, God put these people in our in our lives like river. We have these conversations and then all of a sudden you're walking around going you feel so much more convicted whenever you think about it in, mm-hmm. in that light. So, yep. I think there's a t- a ton of things we could talk about after uh, that. Yeah, but uh, maybe we'll yeah, go into uh, yeah, the next episode. Y- exactly. Yeah, that's a that's a good segue into the next episode. Thanks for joining us today. I want to did I do want to mention one more Bible verse, Luke six forty five. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Mm. What's in our heart today? What's in your heart today? Um, and what is overflowing? And if there's not enough room for the good and the evils overtaking it, we need to take a reflection of that and figure out what's going on. Thanks for joining us today. If you would, hit those buttons. Uh, like, share, subscribe. Help us reach more people for Jesus. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.